It's November 14th, 2022, and I want to talk to you about the Fed official who warns inflation fight has a ways to go. As a matter of fact, Fed Governor Christopher Waller, during a moderated discussion in Sydney, says investors overreacted to the report if they thought it would prompt Fed officials to consider ending interest rate increases. So, Last Thursday, we obviously know that we got the CPI data report that said that inflation only increased by four-tenths of a percentage increase, and we saw it take off after we heard about this increase by only 0.4% of 1%. So that was crazy, and we actually saw how interest rates reacted in the bond market, effectively sending interest rates down to about 6.62% during the day. And actually flatlining around about 7.2 at the end of the day. But we had this fluctuation between 7.2, 6.62. So if you had great credit that day, you probably locked up a great interest rate at 6.62 if you locked it in over that holiday weekend. Now, we're going to break this down today, though. We're going to talk about why Fed Chairman Waller says that actually don't get ahead of yourself right quick because I want to play I want to read you another quote that he gave out he says the market seems to have gotten way out in front on this everyone should just take a deep breath calm down we have a ways to go yet all right now that is the way that I believe that the Fed will want you to see that they need they need more evidence of this decrease happening in inflation and seeing that the measures that they're taking is actually working before they start to taper how the interest rates are going. Now, remember, the Fed fund rate is actually set up to go up to 4.6% according to the last September policy meeting that they had. And right now, we're certain we're sitting around about 3.75% to 4% on the federal fund rate. And I'm, I'm saying that we're leaning more towards that 4% range, okay? So, now... When we talk about this, Fed Chairman Jerome Powell stated that if they would have released new projections this month, he believes the rates would have been even higher for the Fed fund rate due to the strength in the labor market and high inflation readings. Okay, so let's look once again at the inflation readings that we actually have. Okay, now what you're going to see if you're looking at this on on the video on the stream, you'll see that we currently have. Uh, actually, uh, we had that four percent. We had four tenths of a point increase. Four tenths of a point increase in September as well. Then a one tenth of a point increase in August, July. We was flatlined, and I want you to pay attention to March, May, and June because I'm going to bring a point back up here shortly. Where we had these one percent increases or more during those months. Well, I think it's going to be quite important for you to pay attention to this information. So let's talk about it a little bit more. Uh, what Fed Governor Governor Chairman Christopher Waller said. Okay, he also said they need. A, he believes that an aggressive approach, in his opinion, is due to the case after several instances over the past year in which inflation appeared to slow, only to jump higher later. Most recently in July. Okay, so that takes us to this account of July where we're looking at this report now, right? Where you see basically we had that flat line and then you see the last three months has seen an increase after we had a dramatic fall off after that 1.3% increase in June. So this means that there's more to what's going on, okay? And I really want you to pay attention to some of the key points that we're about to make here, right? 
So Fed Governor Wallace also says that he is worried about that if consumers and businesses expect persistently rising prices, it can create a self-fulfilling cycle on inflation, high inflation. Okay. Now, why do we bring this up and what does he mean that he can create a self-fulfilling cycle of high inflation? Well, to be quite honest, when it comes down to this, I believe that he was more addressing the resiliency of the American people, right? As I gave it some critical thought, as I did some critical thing, because I'm thinking to myself, okay, if infl inflation is going higher, and you're worried about it creating a, a, a self-fulfilling cycle of high inflation, and you're trying to combat it, what is the one thing that you cannot account for? You can't account for how people are going to be determined to increase their income, finding new methodologies to afford things on their own, and actually be able to bring in income without having to have a place of employment. So I think we're in a bigger world now of entrepreneurship where people are actually going out and being self-reliant on themselves, being 1099 employees and just being completely entrepreneurs and starting their own small businesses and things of this nature with the economy has never seen before to where now people may be looking at higher prices and going, I understand is there's this thing called inflation and it's out of control, but it's not going to stop me from living my life. Now, in certain impacts, this will be a thing, but we have never seen this during any other time in our economic history where we have so many people who are self-reliant on themselves to produce an income to where now if they do have a job, they have a surplus of income coming in secondarily where their job is their primary income and multiple streams of income still coming in to where they are able to afford the way to live their life the way they have just been living it. And now this is what to a point where, yeah, the price may be increasing, but I'm still going to be able to do what I really want to. And Fed Governor Waller is sticking to this point of if people find a way to continue to afford these higher prices, how can we combat bringing these prices up to a level to where they are going to stop affording those prices? And it's going to be hard. And so that means to me that this is his point on the self-fulfilling cycle of high inflation and not something that I even think the Fed even took into consideration as they took the aggressive approach that they are taking now with raising the federal fund rate to get interest rates moving higher. So I know there's people that say that's going to 10%. Um, I know there's people that says that we're going to be out of this soon. Uh, I'm in the window up. I don't really know where we're at because like I said, when you think about these type of things, it's pictures that we're not seeing yet that has not been gave clarity just yet due to the simple fact that we need more information. And if you need more information, getting that information is going to take time because you got to remember the inflation reports are lagging indicators. And with them being lagging indicators, those are things that we have to figure out First, so I really want to take just a little bit of time here and talk to you some things about real estate as well, because obviously I'm a newer real estate agent. That's going to be my new business. And I really want to take time out of the show just to make sure I address the people who are still leaning on the fence of understanding if they really want to purchase a home. 
and really talk to the people who are thinking about selling a home too because some of these things go hand in hand because life is not going to stop happening. That is one thing that I always want to stress to folks. I understand that it's easier to you know stay status quo and I do get that and I am a fan of doing the things the way that you want to on your own accord, on your own time, and your own dime completely, right? But I really just want to address to some of the listeners who may be listening to this and looking for that, you know, asking themselves that question of, is this really the right time for me? And when is the right time going to be? And that's where I really want you to start at is where do you think time is actually going to be on your side in actually affording the home that you may be leaning towards actually considering that you may need to own um, versus actually putting it off even longer. Now, let's talk about some of these points that I want to bring up that I read today. And I thought, man, you know, these would be great points to bring to the show today. Um, housing costs will be delayed in coming down because the costs move more slowly, mainly due to the fact that people have leases that are typically negotiated just only once a year and not on home sale prices, okay? Rent leases are the reasons that we see housing costs be so structured to the way that they are, being so competitively priced with actually having a mortgage application. I apologize for those that's watching the video. The camera just keeps going out on me. It's shit in the bed. I'm going to have to get a new camera. Um, but right now, you just I hope that you are able to stick with me and follow me on what I'm actually bringing and discussing with you right here, right now. Um, but if you're listening to this on stream, you should have no problem because this is just a camera thing and I don't understand what is going on with it. And it's getting on my nerves. But let's get to the point of another quote that I want to give you. The Wall Street Journal actually talked to Tiffany Wilding. She's an economist uh, with a, a bond fund, actually. And she states because market rent increased so dramatically, landlords have been more likely to push really hard for increases. We're talking about in price um, that they're OK allowing one or two months of vacancies because it's still more profitable. OK. And man, I got to thinking to myself. That is ridiculous, right? Like when you think about that, a homeowner who's actually wanting to rent out an investment property has the luxury to go one or two months without a tenant in the property because it's going to be more profitable to find the right person who's going to be able to afford their rent prices is so astronomically crazy because investors don't typically think like that. They are the ones who always say, I need somebody head on bed in my property, paying my property, helping me build my equity, and I don't have to afford the payment myself. And that's not what we're seeing in this new economy that we're in. And I feel like the Fed is not taking that into account. I feel like the Fed doesn't understand that the American people are now finding new ways to actually deal with the public to get through the things that they're dealing with, to deal with all the inflationary pressures, all the inflationary costs, and it's actually becoming a lot more crazier. I mean, listen to this. You combine it with higher 
mortgage rates. Making it harder to buy homes means we will have to wait quite a while for the rental market to stabilize, which I am now leaning more towards the spring before we start to see some type of downturn in the rental market. Now, here's why I say I wanted to make sure that you paid attention to what I was bringing up earlier. If you're watching this on the feed, if you're not, I'm going to break it down for you. Actually, if you listen to this on the stream. In March of 2022, we had a 1.2% increase in inflation, okay? Think about that. 1.2% increase in inflation from March of 2021, okay? Now, because these numbers are all year over year, okay? Now, if you go to May, we obviously saw three-tenths of a percentage increase in April, not dramatic as it was in March. But then you see in May, you have another 1% increase in inflation year over year in the month of May, okay? Then you get your 1.3% increase in June, okay? Now, here is why I think that this is so important to understand, okay? This is why I think this is so important to understand as we make a point here. And that is because when you think about this, me, the rental market, I'm focused on the rental market in March, May, and June. If renters are able to lock in lower rents in those months, then you will see inflation start to dramatically increase. Well, decrease, I'm sorry. But if rents are able to stabilize at that level or go higher, we're going to see the Fed panic. That's when I think people who thought about delaying to actually buying a home and you know getting their interest rate locked in now are going to lose their mind when they have to be locked in to renting for the next two to three years after that. I mean, worst case scenario is, folks, in my opinion, and this is only my opinion, okay? And I mean, if you if you've been following my story, you know, we purchased a home in July um, and I, it was due to this reason alone. Like I was literally I'm in the military. If you don't know, I was literally living in base house and living my life. Everything was cool. And then I realized I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to retire. And these interest rates are not going to stop going up. So we locked in our interest rate in July. Now, I thought about that to myself, like, OK, six months from now, a year from now, hell, two years from now. We can always refinance this property and get our equity out because we're paying on our own equity, not giving our money away in rent and still be A-OK. But now look at where those interest rates have gone from in June. OK, let's look. Let's go back. Let's go back. Let's let's do some. Let's do some research here. Right. Let's go to over to the uh, Fred mortgage uh, rates because you can always do this yourself if you don't do a St. Louis Fred. OK. You can always do this yourself. OK. And check this out anytime you feel like it. Now, I always bring, I brought this up in the, yesterday's podcast as well, but I just want to show you real quick. Here in, let, we'll see, let's look at sep, let's look at June. June interest rates was 5%. Okay. October, they're 6.9%. Okay. Like this is what I want you to pay attention to. 
November 10th, 7%. Just in that little window of time, we have seen interest rates go dramatically even higher. And what I want you to understand, though, is that with this happening like this, if the Fed gets it wrong on tapering, okay, if they was to take the light approach and start doing half percent uh, increases or a quarter of a percent increases again versus the, the three quarters of a percent increase that they're taking right now. Because this, remember, this is a lagging indicator to CPI data reports. If for some odd reason, March, May, and June of next year come in even on the levels or even a tick higher, oh, oh, all, all hell's going to break loose. All hell's going to break loose. You may see interest rates then hit double digits. Now, I think there's a, a, a fairly low percentage chance, as I say this, right? I think there's a fairly low percentage chance of that happening where you see interest, you see CPI readings come in hotter than this year's reports. I think just because of what uh, the measures that the Fed is taking today, I don't think that you're going to see that. But let's just say hypothetically, if you are a, a potential home buyer, okay? potential home buyer who's actually coming up on the end of their lease and you're reconsidering purchasing a new lease versus purchasing a home. Are you going to be willing to give someone that same lease the next three to four years of higher rent versus purchasing a home where you're giving yourself equity back? And if it's all wrong, if everything goes completely wrong, and what I say here is absolutely what I said is a low likelihood chance of happening. And it does pan out that it becomes a low likelihood chance of happening. And in inflation starts to decrease. Interest rates comes back down. And you've been in your home six to seven months, close to a year, maybe a year and a half. And you are able to refinance your property and get a lower payment than you did before. Why would you not? Why would you not? That, to me, is the importance of all of this, okay? I think that you have to understand what is to your benefit and what's not to your benefit. And right now, rents are not to your benefit. And with them not being to your benefit, when are you going to actually bank in on actually having that nice income that you're going to continue to pay Eventually, I think we're going to see we're already about 30 percent. According to Zillow, I want to say that the American people who actually are homeowners who've been purchasing homes recently doing this increase of interest rates are about 30 percent of their income is going to their mortgage. OK, now, remember, rentals and mortgages are quite competitive right now. You're basically paying about the same equitably for both. OK. If interest rates continue to go up, you're talking about now increasing that payment of your income to about 35% to about 40% of your income. Why would you do yourself like that? Or why would you want to rent something that's 35 to 40% of your income? I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to do that. But. I mean, I can't tell everyone. I know everyone's situation is different. And this is why I'm I'm speaking of buyers in this sense, but sellers, you have to understand too, 
that if life is happening and it's things in your life that give that, that you have motivation to move, this is going to impact you as well, too, because the less mortgage applications that come in means the less potential buyers who's going to want to purchase your home. So this means that you're going to have to give more concessions. This means that you're going to have to either stay in your home longer than you want it to. This means that you may have to rent the property out and you may now have to become a landlord. And these are some things that people don't want to deal with. So to me, if you're thinking that what you saw in spring, early spring of 2022 is still happening right now, you're, you're dead wrong. And I really want you to understand that if you're not working with an agent or you're potentially considering working with an agent, you want to work with an agent that you know has got your best interest in heart and understands exactly how this market is moving. Have their posts on the market because you're going to start seeing price reductions. I said this yesterday. You're going to start seeing price reductions. You're going to start seeing more seller concessions and more sellers losing a little bit of the equity that they had built up in their property because they are not essentially thinking about what is really going on in the market? And if you are, great. But if you're not, definitely have the conversation. Hell, you can have the conversation with me and you can just reach out to me and we can figure out what's going on on your end at the Craig Houston Podcast at gmail.com. Okay. Definitely use it. It's linked down below. Uh, definitely use it. Check it out. Hit me up. Questions, comments, concerns. Let me know. But let's get on to the next point here because we still got more to cover here in this podcast because I really want to talk to you uh, a little bit about we've seen layoffs that are happening. Matter of fact, another couple of 10,000 people are getting laid off at Amazon. That was just announced today. Okay. We already know about Twitter. If you haven't heard Disney's laying off people as well after they had less than this stellar earnings. And we are still expecting more. Definitely over at Facebook and Meta, we've seen that too. We're expecting more layoffs. See, employment has increased. Okay, the unemployment report, another lagging indicator, does not take into account what is about to happen. So when that report came out and the markets got a euphoria about how the how the unemployment reports are actually still showing unemployment is around about three percent or so, we're going to start saying that needs to be around about six percent. We're going to have to double that number. And Fed Vice Chair Lowell Bernard was on Bloomberg uh, Live today uh, talking about how, you know, it's appropriate to move to a slower rate hike pace, pace sooner than later. Uh, basically, given the, the total different perspective that Governor, uh, Governor Christopher Waller gave. OK. Um, and I really want to just play this for you. Let's listen in.
So there you go. We have it where the labor market is still tentative. It's still sensitive to what is going on with inflation. And more and more of these companies having to afford higher prices in the supply chain, um, having to uh, afford more in in basically in, in labor, they're going to lean towards getting rid of labor. They're going to lean towards it. And that's very unfortunate that someone is going to wake up one day with a job and not have one the next day, honestly. So I really think that you have to be in the mindset of understanding what is going on. So that is another thing that's driving the housing market, excuse me, is that some people don't know if they will actually have a job. And I'm just... I'm just not trying to push, you know, buying a home on anyone. Mortgage taking taking on a mortgage is a is a is a really big responsibility, especially if you're not ready for it, equipped for it, or don't have savings for it. Okay, so don't take what I say as you know, oh, it's the all be all to say it all be all. But I know I want you. You need to prepare. Um, if you're not prepared, like if you're waiting because you're trying to get financials in orders it's still nothing wrong with actually understanding what that looks like like this is things that agents can help you with and this is why i say it's important to you know work with an agent who is not trying to push a home on you trying to be a salesman to you but someone who understands that it's a lifestyle to accommodate your lifestyle by being a homeowner okay and I know there's people who may not be ready for that type of responsibility at all. But I do think that you got to understand that this labor market is if you're in in a job that's paying you and that job and you feel confident in the job that you have is going to continue to employ you or you're self-efficient and reliant and you have the secondary income managing well for you. These are things that you may want to consider. Um, yeah, I'm going to continue to bring you content like this. And this is why I need for you to comment and let me know. How do you feel about the content that I'm bringing you about the questions that you may have that may be thought provoking questions that you're listening to here? Um, because I'm like I said, we're listening to two different perspectives in the Fed. And when we have two different perspectives like this in the Fed. This can lead to turmoil when it comes to what's the next rate increase is going to be. And if that's the case. We need to be supplanting and understanding that this thing can go off the off the chain either way. Really and truly, I think for the next couple months, you're going to see, you know, stabilization. But March is really huge. And we're about 120 days away from getting that reading. And that reading is going to put us in a situation where we need, well, I say 100, let's say 150, because you don't get the reading into actually April for March's reading. So, Theoretically, we're about 150 days from that. That's about a half a calendar year or so. And I really want to be sure that you're preparing yourself for the worst because if it becomes out being better than the worst, you're doing even better. But if you was already prepared and you already made the moves that you needed to make, the made decisions that you needed to make, and then things go bad like they thought they was going to be, you're already in a okay position. So uh, I want to just make a few quick announcements, uh, really and truly. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't subscribed to the channel. Definitely hit the notification bell if you haven't. But tomorrow, man, I am so, so excited. Tomorrow, I'm bringing 
my brother, on Luis Mojica, man. Me and him is going to be bringing you the Bull versus Bear podcast. This is a whole complete new podcast that we're going to be bringing you two times a week starting tomorrow. And if you haven't already uh, subscribed to that channel, definitely check out the link down below. Go ahead and subscribe and ring that notification bell too so that way you can get that notification every time we upload that content as well. We're going to be bringing thought-provoking content basically on the economy and financial literacy. And we definitely want your inputs and we want to see you there. We're going to be bringing those shows to you as, as live as many times as we possibly can. And like always, email me if you have questions, concerns, comments. You can follow me at I am Craig Houston on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok as well. Or you can just go ahead and hit me up with an email at the Craig Houston podcast at gmail.com. And I will get back to all your questions and your comments. And definitely just leave them here for me as well, too, with a five star review if you're listening to this on the streaming service. So, hey, man, it's been a pleasure being here with y'all today. Um, I hope that y'all understand the content that I'm bringing y'all today and that you enjoyed it. And I'll catch y'all in the next video. And definitely check out the Bull versus Bear podcast tomorrow. We'll see you then. Peace.